What's up, guys? How's everybody doing today? I know you guys are awesome. Let's give it up for everybody that's here with us. If you're online, if you're in the room, so good to see you. Man, I don't have time to do a whole lot of niceties, so go ahead and get your Bibles out. We're jumping straight in. You got your app, if you got your actual Bible, I hope you have one. But whatever you got, make sure you jump in with us. James 1. James 1, 2 through 4. All right, here we go. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. How many of you are joyous in trials? No. Yeah, stop shaking your head. Yes, you're all lying. It says, be joyous in your trials. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Say lacking nothing. All right, let's try that again. Say lacking nothing. All of you that are at a watch party or you're watching me online, you're not, maybe you've already found your spot in your Bible. Say lacking nothing. Because today I want to talk to you about peace. I want to talk to you about peace. Turn to your neighbor and say peace. Turn to the person next to you on the other side that you just neglected and say peace. Very good. Let's pray. Father, I pray, God, that you would allow your word to speak today. I pray that, God, we would find the ultimate peace. And Lord, as we talk today about the peace giver, I pray that ultimately we would lean into who you are. So, God, I pray that you do a work on our hearts. God, that we wouldn't walk away from this message today thinking that it was a good message, but that we can look to a good God. So we love you today, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we are so pumped. Before I move on any further, we want to let you know, for those of you that maybe you missed it last week, you didn't hear the announcement, you haven't seen it on social media yet, next Sunday, the 6th of September, we will be right here, doors open, ready to have some church. Can I get an amen on that? We are pumped, so... uh, I know you want to be here. I want you to be here. So grab a friend and bring them here voluntarily, involuntarily, whatever. Just kidding. Don't get the cops called. Okay, so how many of you guys have ever been through a storm? Ever been through a storm? Now, uh, I, when I started putting this together, I was like, man, this may not be the best timing because we just had a storm roll through Texas and Louisiana, and we've been praying for them. But I remember going through <clears throat> Hurricane Ivan. I remember going through Hurricane Katrina, which wasn't as bad for us, but it was really bad for our our friends over in Louisiana. And I remember going through those storms and the tornadoes that hit. I remember I was right outside of my dad's house uh, during Hurricane Ivan. A tornado came down our street uh, through our double-sided privacy fence, through our window while we were there. Um, And it was chaos, right? And I remember laying on the couch at about 3 o'clock in the morning, because we were up all night thinking to myself, will this ever end? Like, have you ever been in like, uh, maybe you've been in a hurricane or like a real bad storm and you were thinking to yourself, like, I just got to get through this, right? Like just, if you can get me through this, we'll be good, right? I just got to make it through. And you're checking the weather app and trying to see where the green, red, and yellow mass of whatever has gotten past your city or not. Y'all know what I'm talking, okay, like we're on the same page. Okay, I was making sure I didn't just do that. (laughs) Can this move faster, please, right? So, I remember doing that, laying on the couch and get me through this. And, and, and even to this day, even to this day, storms stress me out. 
Like, I don't get stressed out in a lot, but if it's a real bad thunderstorm uh, or tornadoes, I, that's, I, my meter goes off, right? I don't do well in that. How many of you guys like, do anybody like storms? Are any of you watching, like, are you like, oh, a thunderstorm, right? Okay, psychos. All right, perfect. So, uh, but here's the thing that I know. Whether you like storms or thunderstorms or whether you don't or whatever, here's what none of us like. None of us like the storms that hit our lives. None of us like the storms that wreck our plans and alter our future and shake our faith to the core. You see, whether you do or don't like thunderstorms, none of us like life storms. But it is life storms that we use to find out what God is teaching us about peace. And today I want to talk about peace. Say peace. Peace. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to spend the rest of our time today in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. And we're going to talk about three different storms today that the disciples experienced. And we're going to hone in on Peter a little bit. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Then he got into the boat, talking about Jesus. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. I want you to underline, highlight, circle the words, followed him. And suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Now, before we go any further, I want you to understand that it is the storms of your life that keep you up at night that Jesus sleeps through. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all didn't get it. Some of what is keeping you up at night, some of what is giving you anxiety, some of what has you concerned, some of what that has you fearful, some of what is plaguing you, some of what is keeping you from moving into the purpose that God has for you, some of what is holding you back from ultimately stepping into the fullness of who God is in your life is the very thing that Jesus is totally fine in. Because Jesus sleeps in the storms that keep us awake. And so the storms didn't bother him. And the other thing that I want you to grab a hold of that we see in this text is that storms follow those who follow Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I signed up for Christianity, one of the things that I wasn't quite aware of is that everything doesn't just get perfect after this. When I sit down with people who are new to the faith, they're like, man, I'm following Jesus. Why isn't everything great? And I'm like, oh boy. Do I have a reality check for you? Right? Storms do follow those who follow Jesus. And sometimes following Jesus means going into the storm. But here's what I want you to understand. Jesus got into the boat knowing a storm was coming. But the disciples got into the boat knowing Jesus was coming. And sometimes in our life, we may get caught off by storms. We may have to deal with storms. They may hit us. They may be a reality. They may plague our heart and our mind. They may keep us up at night. But hear me for a second. It's not the storm that you got to make sure you're following. It's Jesus in the storm you got to make sure you've got with you. And so the disciples get into the boat and, and we continue on. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? And I want you to take that, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. And I want you to insert your own personal whatever into that. I don't do this often with the Bible, but I'm going to give you permission right now. Insert your, Lord, save me. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose our house. 
I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to be broken because of this relationship. I'm going to. And as you start to insert that, I want you to read the rest of it. Lord, save me. We're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Here's the first blanks. I want you to write this down. Peace is not determined by what you encounter in the waters. It's determined by who you follow into the boat. Listen, peace isn't determined by the circumstances. Peace isn't determined by the situations. Peace isn't determined by all the things around you. Peace isn't determined by a pandemic. Peace isn't determined by your pantry. Peace isn't determined by your bank account. Peace isn't determined by your situations. Peace is not determined by what uh, you encounter in the waters. It's determined by who you followed in the boat. And in moments of storms, we have to cling to the only place that peace exists. So too many times we think Jesus is following us, don't we? Like too many times we think that we're the ones in control of our destiny. Like too many times the storms hit and what do we do? We hold on as tight as we can to the rudder. We hold on to the wheel. We hold on to the sail. And as hard as we can, we try to fight this storm to take our life in the direction we think it should be going. And rarely do we ever give Jesus the opportunity to allow that storm to take us to the place he wants to take us. And so Jesus shows up and we see that Jesus is not following the disciples on their journey. The the disciples are following Jesus on his. Hear me today. Turn turn to your neighbor and say, my journey. Let's try that again. Some of y'all lost it. Turn to your neighbor and say, my journey. You're at a watch party right now. Look at the person that has yet to say anything in the room and look at them and everyone say, my journey. Right? My journey. Because here's the deal. Jesus is not following you on your journey. You are following Jesus on your journey. For all of us whose faith is in him, it is his plans and his plans alone. It is his leading. It is his guidance. And so many times in our lives, and listen, I'm guilty of this. We get hung up on the plans that we have, not the plans that he has. And if many of us were honest, the reason we lack peace in many times is because things aren't going according to our plans. But we find peace, listen to me, I'm going to go ahead and ruin the ending. We find peace not in a position, not in the plans, we find peace in the person. We find peace in Jesus. But you got to understand this. You'll never find peace if you never find surrender. You'll never find peace if you never find surrender. Matthew 8, 23 through 27, it keeps going. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? So here's a question I have for you. What is your winds and waves of your life? You see, the disciples just watched Jesus do a lot. Like they watched the miracles, but they weren't awestruck. They weren't surprised. They weren't shocked by his power until the wind and the waves obeyed him. So my question to you is, what are the winds and waves? What what is it in your life? God, I'm trusting you with my job. God, I'm trusting you with my marriage. But this health issue, that's, I don't know if you're going to come through for that. 
God, I trust you in this. I trust you to keep us fed. I trust you to keep a roof over my head. But this pink slip, I don't know if you're going to come through for that. And my question to you is, what are the winds and the waves of your life that you draw the line in the sand and you say, God, I'll trust you with all of this. But this, I think I need control over. Hear me for a second. You'll never have peace until you find surrender. Because God is so much better at being in control of our lives than we are. God is so much better. Remember, peace isn't needed for smooth sailing. Peace is needed for winds and waves. So many of us, when things are going well, we talk about how we got peace. Our Instagram is blowing up when things are going good, right? Like, man, God is so good. We're sharing stuff from our favorite pastors. Great quotes. Look at Jesus coming through on the scene, right? Our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, everything. It's just glory to God, glory to God, glory to God until the winds and the waves show up. And do you really have peace or are you just happy that he's using your plans? Because we really have peace when regardless of what's going on, we're staying rooted on who God is. And so the disciples are having to trust him. There's another storm, though, in Matthew chapter 14. And we go to this storm in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 24. And it says this, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. I want you to, again, underline or circle whatever you do in your Bible. It says that they were going to go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And here's what I want you to grab a hold of right out of the gate with this storm is they had to go ahead. Jesus let them go and he stayed back. You see, there are storms where you will be able to see Jesus in the boat. And then there are storms where his presence won't be so evident. You see, for many of us, we think that every storm, we should be able to see God all the time. And I know like some of y'all are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't act like this, Pastor Brad. Like I'm, uh, I'm at peace all the time. But for some of us, I'll, I'll ask you this way. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you doubted God's presence because you couldn't feel him today? I don't see how God's working in my life. Has he forgot about me? Is he even close by? I don't even know if I can trust him right now. I'm here to tell you today that there are some storms where he's in the boat. And there are some storms that he lets you go ahead of him. He wants to know, do you trust him when you're ahead of him the same way you trust him when he's on the boat? And so God sends Jesus. He's there. You see, I want you to grab a hold of this. and You can write this down. It's not in your notes. Some storms are harder to see Jesus in than others. Some storms are harder to see Jesus in than others. Right? So Jesus, uh, as many of you know, you've heard this story before, some of you have, Jesus comes walking on the water. So the disciples are in the storm and the waves are hitting and Jesus comes out walking on the water and the disciples see him. They start freaking out. It's a ghost. 
And then in verse 28 through 30, he says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. So Peter speaks up, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Here, grab a hold of this. Peace is always about what you're pursuing, not what you're possessing. Peace is always about what you're pursuing, not what you're possessing. Jesus sees him. He steps out. And I want you to grab a hold of this today. For many of us, we have to understand that Jesus is calling us out of the safety of our boats and into the faith-filled walk on troubled water. Some of us have grown comfortable with the chaos. We've gotten complacent with our circumstances. I I don't like where I'm at, but at least I'm comfortable. And I'm here to tell you today that God will call you out of your comfort and your complacency to face the chaos so that you can execute, walk out, and see God move through a faith-filled life. Prayer for peace, look at prayer and for peace is not a pray for it and wait situation. How many guys have ever been like, God, I need you to do this in my life, and so I'm just gonna kick back in my lazy boy, scroll Instagram, eat some Cheetos and some pizza rolls out the oven, because people that use microwaves are crazy. Pizza rolls in the oven, yes. Okay, I was just making sure, I was making sure we didn't have to get a whole new group of people in here. Like, y'all got to go. I'm sorry, y'all are microwave pizza roll people. I can't have you. But we don't sit back. We don't sit back, pray for God to move, and then allow our faith to become inactive and a lack of pursuit after him. No, no, no. God is saying, I want to see if you're willing to put some feet on troubled water with your faith to come after where I'm at. And if you trust me enough for me to give you what you need, not for you to get you what you need. And so he's calling out to that faith. Peter knows Jesus can calm the winds and the waves. So this is after Matthew 8. So we see in Matthew 8, right? He see even the winds and the waves obey him. So Peter has seen it. He watched it. He felt the wind on his face stop. He saw the waves go calm. He felt the boat that was rocking sit still. I mean, Peter knows he witnessed it. He remembers John's face as they all stood in amazement. But despite Jesus' faithfulness in the past, it still wasn't good enough for Peter to have peace in the present. Despite Jesus' faithfulness, despite his faithfulness, his strength, his power in the past, Peter still didn't have the confidence for him to have peace in the present. I know you did it then, but I don't know if you'll do it now. And so we have to remember that we have to anchor our peace in the present according to who Jesus has been in our past. You see, what I'm getting at is we need to remember the times Jesus brought us through what he brought us through to remind us that he'll bring us through what he's going to bring us through. See, we need to go back sometimes to the time when our pantry was empty, when we were on ramen for the 18th day in a row. Come on, somebody. Like when you learn how to make it with oil and butter and garlic salt, and then you drip some eggs in there with extra water. Now you got like, y'all, I'm talking that college student lifestyle. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
Like you are Gordon Ramsay. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm killing this game right now. I will make ramen for everybody. See, some of y'all need to remember that face. Some of y'all need to remember when you had to microwave the pizza rolls. Right? Some of you, but in all honesty, some of you need to remember when the doctors gave up hope. Some of you need to remember when your anxiety was so bad and, bad and your depression was so bad that you lost hope. Some of you need to remember the pit that Jesus stooped low to find you in so that he could make you great, the Bible says. Some of us need to remember how faithful he's been in the past so that we trust him in the present. Listen to me. If you're here today watching wherever you're at, that means God's faithfulness has carried you farther than you could ever hope for. And it is his faithfulness from what was behind you that's going to give you confidence and peace about what's in front of you. Man, God's not here to let you down. Some of you need to lean into that for a second. God's not here to let you down. God is invested in your story. God already paid the price, as we talked about last week. And even when you don't feel like he's there, he hasn't let you go. And so Peter's there, and, and, and you know, there's something, there's something lonely about thunderstorms. Am I right? Like, again, we've, we've talked about storms, but, like, how many of you know it doesn't matter who's in the room with you when the tornado rolls through? I remember being a kid and like I would have like a nightmare or something. I'd be like, dad, like he would come calm me down. But I didn't care if my dad was with me or not when those tornadoes rolled through. You know what I'm saying? Like there were no atheists in Hurricane Ivan. Like everybody praying. And and how many of you know that storms are a lonely place? No matter who's with you, you feel alone. Tornadoes, lightning, doesn't matter who's around, doesn't change the feeling of helplessness. Am I right? Like it doesn't change that. But it's the same with the personal storms though, isn't it? There are storms, there are situations where you're grateful for who's around you. But how many of you know there are some storms that it doesn't matter who's around you. You don't know what to do with this. You, you, you don't know what to do with this storm. And hear me. The reason it was different for Peter this time is Peter watched Jesus do it for them, but he didn't know if he would do it for him. Peter watched Jesus do it for them, but he didn't know if he would do it for him. You see, when Peter was in the boat and he stepped out, he was putting all of his confidence. And for some of us, we know what to say to everybody else when their stuff goes bad. Like, we all know like the biblical cliche things that you wear on a t-shirt, right? Just trust in the Lord. You're tagging people on Instagram. Read this quote, girl. It's so good. Love Pastor Mike. Right? Like, we... We all know what to tell everyone else. Hear me for a second. It's not hard to trust God to do it for them. But is it hard to trust God when it's your storm? 
It's hard to trust God when it's your bank account. It's hard to trust God when it's your college that goes that gets shut down. It's hard to trust God when it's your job that got lost. It's hard to trust God when it's your child that is sick. It's hard to trust God when it's your plans that fell apart. It's easy to trust God for them, but will he do it for me? And that is where we lose our confidence. But hear me for a second. How do I have peace when I don't feel like he's there? We're talking about facts and feelings. And though our feelings are, I don't feel like he's here. The fact is, the Bible says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If a, ch- if, if a bird falls out of the air and I know about it, don't you think that I know what you are going through? Don't you think I know where you're at? Don't you think I know? He says, I know the hair that are on your head and I number them. He says, I know the count and the names of the stars in the sky. If God went out of his way for that, I can promise you he'll go out of his way for you that he is watching you he is leaning in and trusting that you'll lean back into him that God's confidence is in the fact that he won't let you down your confidence needs to be in the fact that he won't let you down God is there so let's go to John 21 for the last storm John 21 verses 1 through 3 and this is a different kind of storm you may say, uh, Brad, I don't know if you know your Bible well, because there ain't no storm in this one. There is, it's just a different kind of storm. John 21, 1 through 3, we see Peter, and he says, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they, being some of the disciples, went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Say nothing. Underline that word nothing if you're underlining in your Bible. They caught nothing. Now, to catch you up, maybe you're unfamiliar with this story. This isn't a storm of wind and waves, but of emotional wind and waves, of exhaustion. You see, at this point in the story, Jesus had died on the cross. He had given his life. And maybe you're not aware But the disciples, even though Jesus said, I'm going to leave, they were still thinking that Jesus was here to stay. They were thinking that he he was going to build a kingdom on earth. And so they're invested. They followed him for years. They have committed their life to this message that he is the Messiah. So they're, they're given over to that. And Jesus dies. He says, now I have to go. And the world that they thought was right was broken. And so we're talking about disciples, they're shattered. And so what does Peter do? Peter goes back to the place that Jesus found him in the beginning. And so that night they caught nothing. You see the temptation when we are trying to find peace isn't to move towards faith, it's to go back to what's familiar. The temptation when we're trying to find peace, isn't to move towards faith. It isn't to say, all right, God, I'm trusting you here. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how these plans are going to come through. I'm not sure uh, exactly how you're going to work this out, but I know you order my steps. I know that you light my path. The Bible declares who I am in you, and I know you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. But the reality is most of us don't move in faith. We move to what's familiar. We don't go forward. We go backwards. And so we see the disciples and, and, and we go 
and just like the disciples went back to fishing, we go back to that relationship we know we shouldn't be in. We go back to that job that isn't good for us, but at least it's comfortable. We go back to that career field that almost broke us in the beginning. We go back to that person who almost destroyed us to start with. We go back to that city that had nothing for us but drugs or alcohol or, or getting involved in stuff you know you should be getting involved in. We go back to my wants. I go back to my desires. I go back to the place that's familiar because I'm not going to move in faith. But God challenges that. And sometimes God goes out of his way to not let any of that go our way. Because in the text, it says that they caught nothing. Now, how do fishermen who know the water, know the boat, know the nets go out to fish and catch nothing? The reality is sometimes it's the grace of God your plans didn't work out. Sometimes it's the grace of God that you didn't end up with that person. Sometimes it's the grace of God that that career didn't line up. It's the grace of God that you didn't get that interview. It's the grace of God that you didn't end up where you thought you wanted to end up. Sometimes it's God saving you from a bad thing so that he can lead you to a good thing. And sometimes it may feel like he lets you miss out on a good thing because he's taking you to a great thing. And sometimes it feels like you're missing out on a great thing. He's leading you to a God thing because God is faithful regardless of our storms. And so Peter throws the net on the other side of the boat after Jesus tells him to. He brings it in, there's so many fish, the net can barely hold it. Peter realizes it's Jesus, he abandons everything. So finally what he had been working all night for, he finally caught, but by the time he caught it, he realized what he caught wasn't what he actually wanted. He wanted the thing that he couldn't find and it was the thing that showed up on the shore telling him what he was looking for. You see, Jesus shows up to show us that it is our desires of the things of this world that will never actually fulfill us. It's actually him leading us away from all the things we thought mattered so we can lead into the only one that actually matters. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and the disciples are in this emotional storm. Peter's in a storm of peace, a lack of confidence. His plans, his perceived ideas, of how life was gonna go were shattered, but instead of moving forward, he went back. And I want you to understand something. Sometimes in the midst of pursuing what's familiar, God's grace allows all your plans to fall apart. So that when he shows up, you go to the one you need most. And I want some of you to grab a hold of this because some of you have been crying out at midnight hours asking God to come through in certain ways. You've been thinking that you are broken. You've been thinking that you are damaged. You've been thinking that you're not worth anything. You've been wondering when this storm is going to end. And I'm here to tell you that the storm doesn't end when the wind and the waves stop. The storm ends when the one that can bring peace walks on the water. So John 21, seven through nine, then the disciples, or then the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So Peter wrapped his outer garment around him, jumped into the water, and the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. And when they landed, they saw a fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. I want you to grab a hold of this. What they fought for all night. What were they fighting for? What were they going after? It's not hard. They were fishermen. What were they going after? Okay, good. I want to make it. So look at somebody at a wash party and say fish. Okay, we're all on the same page. What they were going after all night. Hear me for a second. And I want you to grab a hold of this because some of you need to get it. Some of you need to put it on your Instagram. Some of you need to grab a hold of this. You need to write it on your wall. 
what they were going for all night already existed in the presence of Jesus. And for some of you, the peace you're looking for a job to give you already exists in the presence of Jesus. The peace you're looking for in income to give you already exists in the presence of Jesus. The peace you're looking for a career field or a degree to give you already exists in the presence of Jesus. I'm not telling you to abandon everything in your life. I'm not telling you not to go after those things that are in front of you. What I'm telling you is even if you get them, but you have to leave Jesus behind, you're not going to find peace for it. You're not going to be happy with it. But the minute you go after Jesus, he'll give you all that you need. He says, I already have plans for you. I've already got things set aside for you. And if you'll come after me, I'll give you what you need. But if you go after what you need, you may never find me. But if you'll come to me, if you'll search me out, if you'll come looking for me, not only will you find what you need, not only will you find my plans, but you'll find peace too. That no matter what the winds do in your life, you won't be shook. You won't be shaken. No matter what the waves come to crash against you, you'll be on placid waters. I'm here to tell you today that it doesn't matter what the world throws at you and what comes against you. When you're rooted in peace, you can withstand the storm. And so we go after God because I've already said it today, but peace is only obtained by surrender. Peace is only obtained by surrender because peace isn't a place. Peace isn't a posture. Peace is a person. And his name is Jesus. And I know this, I've gone through my own personal storms. I've gone through, I, I remember being in a, in a season of my life when my son was sick. For those of you that don't know, my son Jabin uh, was sick, dealt with a brain disease for five years. And he died May 18th of 2018. And I know what it feels like to lean back in seasons of life and go, God, I don't know if I can last much longer through this. I know what it feels like to go through a time in your life where you're going, God, this has to be over soon. This has to be over soon. This has to be over soon. And I'm here to tell you today that it doesn't matter what the storm throws at you if you're connected to the one that walks on water. God leads you, God guides you, and he gives you peace. Hear me for a second. I want you to grab a hold of this. In this life, sometimes it's not about the storm being settled. Sometimes it's about you being still. In the storms of life, sometimes it's not about the water being settled. Lean in for a second. We're almost done. When everything is going crazy and life is chaotic, it's not about the storm being settled. It's about you being still. And as you're being still, you're in a pursuit. As you're being still, you're trusting God. As you're being still, you're saying, it doesn't matter what I feel like right now. What I know is that God has got me. Jesus walks on your storms. He's faithful. Can I get an amen, church? And so let's pray today. Father, we thank you that you are faithful. God, we thank you that you lead us through storms. You lead us with peace, that you carry us. And so God, as we lean in to trust you, God, I pray that peace would rise up in our hearts, that we can trust you more and more. God, I pray that you show yourself evident to those who are walking through tough seasons right now and that we can look to you to be our everything. 
And so God, today we love you and we're trusting you. If you're watching this online today, you need Jesus in your life. You need him to meet you in a special way. And quite frankly, you need a fresh start. You see, sin separates all of us from God. But God said that if we would repent of our sin, which means to turn away, go a new direction, and we were to put our faith in Jesus, that that faith in Jesus alone can make us saved. And today, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, today, if you wanna put your faith in him, today, if you're ready to abandon all other things and say, Jesus, I'm giving you my whole life, I'm here to tell you today, he's ready to meet you. And I wanna lead you in a prayer. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm trusting in you to save me because I know I can't save myself. And so I wanna lead you in this prayer. And if you pray this prayer and you put your faith in Jesus, God is ready to meet you today. So let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, Forgive me, forgive me my sins, forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean, make me pure, make me whole. I believe in you, I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. So I give you my life, make me brand new. I'll follow you forever. In Jesus name, amen and amen.